0: hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of valid dreams and this month we've been doing a series called the money series with mr rogers matobo and today we are crowning with a story from him his life story from how he lived in the slum to now owning a real estate company so stay tuned and listen Mr. Matebu, you are very welcome to today's podcast. Thank you for making time the entire month to have these conversations with me. We are very glad that you are here with us today to, to wrap it up with your story.
1: Thank you, Faith. I'm also very glad to be here once again and greetings to all the listeners at valid dreams
0: yes thank you um so we'll just go straight into the story um please start by telling us about the experience at the slum and how it was growing up
1: thank you faith experience at the slum is not really a good one and uh, not the best that probably anyone would want, but maybe because of life's circumstances, we end up there and we grow up from there, no matter what. Or maybe the word could use is that no choice. We were born from there, we grow from there, and no matter what, we make sure we make it from there. But uh, yeah, uh, I was born and I grew up in a slum in Katwe and in Zambia, Chinyoro. I lived there for most of uh, the years before now. I think I lived in the slum for about 22 years from the day I was born till I left to move to where I am. I was born in Katwe, we lived in Katwe for some years. We moved to Nsambia, we moved to Chinyoro, we moved to Ave Maria. And then from Ave Maria, I came where, to where I am now. So I went to school in the schools in the slum. Actually, the, 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 the nursery school that I went to was demolished, it no longer exists. Uh, as i as i as i passed through the slum I realized it's no longer there I went to Katwe Primary School that one is still there so that is how you know I lived down there and and here I am no matter the life of the slum I just thank God that I'm here today so still I'm thankful to God that the forces fighting against everybody living in Islam didn't conquer me. And uh, I'm thankful to God for that. You know, the characteristics of Islam, drugs, alcohol, child abuse, sexual immorality, theft, ETC, Uh, when you survive all those things, you just need to be grateful to god because most of the children in the slums end up there the the boys end up being thugs or just loitering on the village selling a few things here and there the girls will get pregnant and then they move with whichever kind of man but i thank god that he rescued me from all that so that is the life down there that I grew up in faced.
0: okay and did you grow up with both your parents Um, you said you you were there for 22 years and you kept on moving house Um, how was it like were you with both your parents or uh, just one parent how was it
1: Uh, never at any one point in my life have I been with both my parents I grew up with my mother as a single mother. Actually, for most of the time, it was me and my mother in the house. My mother passed away when I was 12, but I think 80% of those 12 years, it was me and my mother in the house. And then my younger sibling, who was just about five, six years, by the time my mother passed on. My mother passed on 16 years ago. So, I grew up with my mother, age 1, 2, 3, up to about 12. Uh, When she passed on at age 12, at that point, you know, you've been living with your mother, but God was faithful. I had to find my father, and then I moved him to stay with my father at 12. So, I stayed with my father from 12 up to about, you know, 2021. 20, but my father was also living in the same area. So I live where I was staying with my mother in Zambia. Then I moved still in Zambia, to where my father was to start living with my father up to about, you know, 2021 20, when uh, I moved to become independent. So to answer your question, I've never lived with both my parents in the same house, not even for a day.
0: Okay. So um, how were you able to get through
1: school? Um, uh, there is a compassion project, uh, or most of you, if you know, Compassion International, through what they call CDC or Child Development Program. A program that takes care of children that are not really able or whose parents don't have capacity to take care of them. Uh, I'm living with my mother. She's a single mother. She wasn't really educated. Uh, my mother was a tailor. And you know, whenever I think about those years ago, being a tailor, I remember people coming to my mother, telling her, and they could give her 200 shillings, 500 shillings. These days, tailors ask for like 4K, 5K. But I remember people paying my mother 200, 500, at most like 3K when it's like a Gomesi. And I'm talking about 1998, 99, early 2000. So uh, my single mother was not really able because of her income. So uh, God was faithful. Uh, CDC took me on. As they were moving in Zambia, looking for those vulnerable children, they took me on. Uh, CDC helps you know to, to teach you about God, to teach you about life skills, uh, they support with your school fees, they support with scholastic materials, and a few other supplementaries that a child needs. So God brought CDC, I think I was about 3-4 years, and uh, that's how I was able to go through school they were paying the little that they can. I remember about $50,000 in, in, uh, in primary school. I used to go to a school of about 30000 And then in secondary school, I used to go to a school of about, I remember, 90000 in senior one. And then by the time I reached senior four, we were paying 150000 So CDC used to support me in that regard. To school through all those years in Kato Primary.
0: (laughs) Okay, so you were sorted with school, that's with um, high school, secondary as well, right? Yes. Okay, and tell us about the university.
1: Ah, now CDC, as you hear, Child Development Center. When you stop being a child, maybe to just wrap it up like at the university, CDC does not go that far. Because when you go to Makere, you have to pay 1.5, 2 million, 1.7. Now, CDC used to just pay either 50,000 for primary or 150 for secondary. Uh, Even when you go to the university, for them, they give their 150 and the rest away, that was the policy. So I remember, excited uh, to go to the university. I go apply, pay that 50000 I get the placement. CDC pays there. I go to school at campus. Believing that you know, maybe money will come. Money will come. So I used to go, go, go. But reality came when it was time for examinations at the university. And they wanted the, the tuition receipt, which I did not have so i had to lose a whole year i dropped out at that point because there was no money so i dropped out i couldn't study because my mother had died uh cdc was not paying that much and my father couldn't afford now those were the only options for me so either cdc or my father no other option so i dropped out for a whole year but uh during that year i still hoped and knew that somehow I'm going to go to the university, and then there's what we call LDP, or Leadership Development Program, which is an arm of Compassion International that supports, you know, those those youth that are kind of, you know, leaders. Uh, they, they they exemplify some sort of change. They support them at the university. So I go for their interviews. We do the interviews. And God was faithful, I passed the interviews and uh, leadership development program took me on, you know, to to pay for me tuition at the university. And uh, they used to pay tuition full, they used to pay uh, hostel full, uh, they used to give subsistence, you know, some money to help you with a few things here and there. Maybe you want to buy a book, maybe you want to do some photocopying. And a few other things, but I remember it was two hundred and fifty thousand shillings a semester. So that's how I go to campus, and that's how I managed to run through campus because of the, the, the opportunity God gave me in leadership development program. Mm. Mm. Okay. And you
0: um, the LDP paid for tuition? for accommodation and the, um, that subsidiary of 250. I know that was not enough. How were you able to fend and manage? Were you doing anything or?
1: Um, uh, during those three years at campus, uh, the main thing that I used to do was to go to school and then go to church. Actually, I could take maybe a whole semester when I have passed by home either twice or not more than five times. Like, whenever, I got, like you know, on the weekend, people leave campus to go home. Me, I would leave campus to go to church. Then, Sunday, we pray. Sunday evening, I go back to campus. So, I used to walk from campus in Nakawa, I was at moves to church in Sambia, Deliverance Church in Sambia. And... It will never go out of my head a man that I'm forever thankful to called Mr. Ojoko Silvano. He used to give me between 10,000 to 15,000 shillings every Sunday when I go to church. And you're like, Roger, come. He gives you 10,000 or 15,000 or 12,000. And for me, that was always the hope I could hold on to for the whole week. So I would get the 10,000 or the 12,000. And I know that now the average is either 1,000 or at most 2,000 shillings per day spending at campus. So you can buy cassava in the morning and then maybe some sugar to drink in the porridge. You plan, plan on that 15,000. And by, by Saturday, you either have 1K or 500. You can take a taxi. If you finished it all, you can go to such that you get some more on Sunday. Now whenever we would go at church on Saturday, there was CDC food. So, eat CDC food, we, we could actually even keep some for supper. So we eat CDC food at 1 p.m. Actually, even when you delay, you call either Regan or Laban, and So, that's how I moved. For three years, that used to happen. For three years. When I was at the university. Wow,
0: well, that's interesting. And you—you uh, you had talked of a gap here um, when you dropped out of school. When you had to drop out of school, um, how how did how did that affect you? Did you did you at some point feel hopeless? Did you how did that affect you? And what, how did you keep yourself going?
1: You see, that gap here looks like the end of the line. I don't know if you have been in a situation where you see that you get my point. Because, faith, I'll tell you, of course, right now I thank God for my wife. Up to date, or before I got married, I've been a person where you're there, or your options are very limited very very limited i uh, a gapia feels like 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 the end of the line you know where you are in a situation whatever like what is color because for most of time in my life, I have been in a situation where my options are really very limited. Actually, right now, I thank God for my work because I know I can ask my wife, I can call my wife. But growing up, my mother in the house gave me only one option. And you know, we were that family where you're introduced not so much to, to relatives. And this one is your uncle, this one is your auntie, this one is your judge. So I've grown up in a situation where my options are always very limited. So the gap here was also that kind of situation where I, I saw very limited options. I had nothing to do. Where you see like, eh, that we can, younger because we But I kept on, you know, doing small work here and there. I remember somehow I learned how to repair electricity from some friend who used to move to So I, I learned how to repair electricity. I would stay in people's houses. If your socket dies, you call me. I remember I used to hawk. Uh, I, I have ever got into rubbish business. That business actually works. That, annoyed me all well, I said, all well, I in companies that are supposed to take the rubbish, you know, home clean. you know, those people make too much money. Hmm. So I used to carry rubbish, you know, neighbor no, no, So if I get my five people in a day, that's 10k. I remember I used to work at a pool table. Uh, uh, the, the the devil almost brought me into a video hall I actually worked there for some time I worked there for some time uh, but still that one year I thank God for for a man called opesa Moses. in that one year i remember I'm where he now embraced me into, into church, you know, into that church environment, into youth ministry. Actually, Faith, if you remember me properly, the one year I'm talking about is the year where I appear in break camp, 2012, mm-hmm. 2013. That's how I appear in break camp because Geoffrey had seen me maybe around church. Uh, he welcomed me in the youth office, youth ministry. Yeah? So that is how my work, my gap unfolds. Doing work here and there, then I get into youth ministry at church. Actually, now in that one year, I did these other things, but I think towards the close of there, I I get deeper into church, youth ministry, break camp. Now we are going for for uh, the, the the power FM things whose names I've forgotten. Fat Grace, going, going to share group this is that one yeah i'm getting into all those things yes
0: wow interesting interesting you are surrounded by the right kind of. no i think because in the slam you also had the option to have the wrong kind of friends the wrong kind of influence so it's miraculous that you <laughs> you ended with the the good influence um, let's talk yeah, about They were it. there,
1: <laughs> they were there because how do I get into a chibanda yeah. to work in a video mm. hall? Because I'm speaking about a very small gap in time. Maybe mm. in November, I was in chibanda, and then Jan Opesa gets me here because so. I have friends of mine, the list is endless, and I'll tell you, I cannot pull out one that survived the slam. They are all down there drinking, they have like five children now, yet me I don't have any yet, they have, I don't know what they have Banang, down there in the slum, they are drinking drugs, women, theft, others are in prison, that force was also there, but God was faithful.
0: God is merciful. Okay, so you are at the university now, and... Yes, we thank Mr. Joe who kept on facilitating you. What course did you do at the university and what informed that, that choice?
1: Uh, I did a bachelor of real estate management. Uh, those of you that don't know real estate, really houses, land, managing buildings, uh, some bits of you know urban planning, physical planning. That's the course I did. And uh, growing up in Islam, made me hate the slum. up to today I don't like those tiny things down there when I move in Chivuru when I move in Nkere Chikumi Chikumi Katwe and I look at those houses flooding the bad iron sheets a house which is at an angle of 60 degrees about to fall it hurts me and now growing up there I didn't like it so as I was growing up I was like I need to do something when I grow up to change this kind of living and actually if the president of Uganda listens to this podcast I have a plan for this country I know how we can get rid of those slums may I have a plan he should call me through (laughs) faith Ah yes
0: please who am I I have lines
1: so hating the slums told me you know do a course that can teach you to do something that changes this kind of life. Mm.
0: Okay. So you went into real estate and how was your performance through school?
1: Uh, growing up, my performance wasn't really the best. My parents used to tell me that, guess. that I'm a sharp kid. But uh, the results, <laughs> never well. used to say so. <laughs> uh. <laughs> like when you meet me on the village Kuchalo walking, you will see a kid who is sharp. But now when you get my papers, I'm getting 27, 30, 18 percent. So I, I actually performed poorly through school until the university. Uh, I, got, I got 17 points in primary. I got forty-two <laughs> in senior four. <laughs> I got, I got just fourteen in senior six. I'll tell you, in senior four, I did only eight subjects. You know they say you do ten, such 10. that they choose the best eight. In the saga, I did eight. Why? <laughs> I don't know that kind of laziness was much.
0: Okay.
1: So, but uh, at the university, I was uh, among the best in my class. I graduated with a first-class degree at Macquarie University Business School, and uh, it was all, you know, a change, a change like, you know, a drift from the kind of life I've been in to where I ended up at the university. So I performed really very well. I have. I have my transcript to show my kids. It has good eighties and nineties. There are so many. My worst uh, mark was sixty-nine, I think, in one subject.
0: How did that happen from forty-two to eighties?
1: Um, I think I realized at the university, I realized that my options are really limited. I either do this or oh, if I fail, I'm gone. So being in the university, I knew this was like a door for me that I needed to get a hold of, and I enter. So faith, it was <laughs> so maybe tabo. My roommate also scored the first class, so we used to read together. Me and my roommate, it was maybe tabo banange. I remember some days we were, in our hostel room and it was like we were in a competition <laughs> like you will really, you really see it is 1 it is 1 1 a.m. and the guy is still going I'm like oh, yes, it's so when he sleeps like at 2 a.m. you also wait for like 5 or 10 more minutes ah, now in the I could get campus like at 6 p.m. 7 p.m. After my lectures ended at about 5, I come, eat something, take a shower, run back to campus at about 7, and I could read from 7 to midnight every day. Wow. So, I could do research, you know, I could call lecturers, it was like a matter of life and death, I, and and I think if you ask me, I won't tell you that I passed because I'm very sharp, I don't know, up to today. But I can say, one of the reasons I passed, it was like, I took my three years at the university as a matter of life and death. I had to read and excel. It was like the the, the the turning point. And that's what made me, I think, make it.
0: Wow. Okay, so how did you, so after campus, we are transitioning to 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 the workspace. Did you get a job immediately after? How was your job search nowadays? Here, you graduate and then you, you the memes. The memes start like, should we tell them or should we not tell them?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: what what, mm. what was your story?
1: Uh, what I'm about to say, faith is personal. Mm. Okay, and uh, someone can take it, and if you take it, it will help you. But even if you don't take it, it's not a crime and you'll also make it in life. Hmm. Uh, personally, I don't like jobs. Hmm. Yeah, I, I just I have a job with the university because uh, after after getting my first class degree, uh, I was given to teach at the university. So uh, I lecture at Macau University Business School even as I speak. Uh, but, moving out of the university, I never liked anything close to a job. There were many companies that came, they wanted first class students. And they used to call Roger, those KPMGs, and many others. You move out of the university with a first class, man, we want this one. Personally, I never wanted it at all. Because of the restrictions that come with a job. I wanted to be free. I wanted to be able to do A, to do B, to do that, do the other one, to move here, to go and speak here, to go and do this work, to go and do this business. That's what I wanted. So I refused jobs for about I think a year or more. And even as I started teaching at the university, uh, I still didn't get any other job anyway. I used to teach at the university and then continue to do what to, to explore other options available for me. So that's how I enter the job market uh, as, 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 a, as, a, as a free man. And uh, during that time, I still used to do very many things. I, um, I don't know if you've ever listened, I used to do a radio show as a sales agent. Yeah, that part I hide it because it wasn't connected to my profession. But I used to do a radio show at CBS for over a year. Mm. Uh, but because that's what I wanted. I wanted to be able to do the show, to be able to teach here, to be able to go and help faith here, to be able to go and do that, to be able to go and close this deal. That's how I now enter into work. Actually now I was also now practicing real estate as a sales agent. So I wanted to be able, I, I get my client wants to buy land, I take them, they view the land, I finish with that client, then I run the other side to do this. After I finish there, then I get another client, then do my Cheyo at a radio station, then I come back. That's what I always wanted, to be to be working like. I never wanted to be, I am the administrator of where. Stuck on a desk. I don't want it. Mm. Up to today, you can never find me in office. So I used mm. to do sales mm. uh, for a real estate company, mm. trying to find buyers for land, trying to find buyers for houses. I used to find buyers for many things. As I left campus in 2016. Through to 2017, up to today, I am still finding buyers. It's my job. Wow. Yes. Okay.
0: Um. One day we shall also be buyers. With your company is Planet Planet Estate.
1: Yes, Faith. It is Planet.
0: One day we shall be buyers. One be our listeners. Uh, you 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 do for planet
1: mm, thank you for kalango pay. <laughs> <laughs> yep planet estates limited is a real estate company and uh, we sell land uh, it is our core business line we sell land we sell plots of land especially for those that cannot afford the hundreds of millions so we have Plots of land ranging between 9 million, 10, 11, 12. Our most expensive plot as of today is 15 million. We don't really want to go beyond that. So, those of you that want land on the outskirts of Kampala, Matuga, Mkono side, Vusika, Asemto Road, uh, ranging in that money of Omuntu Abrijoa, Asonze, not we are your go-to people if you want plots of 50 million 80 135 those ones we don't have yes faith
0: okay and you can get in touch with me i will be the one at the door to let you ah, in to ah. Mr. Mr. <laughs> mm. yeah um so did you as we come to the end did you have moments where you were hopeless and how did you get up out of them? So are there moments where you felt hopeless and because it seemed like you had that drive eh? something you just kept on pushing yourself and and going against the tide. But are there moments where you felt hopeless, where you felt defeated? And how did you get through that?
1: Uh, faith in in life, those moments are always there. And they keep on coming. Especially to us, either you say Africans or Ugandans, where are going to find that your options of hope are limited? Because hope hope is a factor of help you know hope is is is, you see for us christians our hope is in the lord okay now you're going to find that your hope is in something you you hope in your mother you hope in your father you hope in your brother or you hope in your siblings and in most instances you look around in all those areas and there is nowhere and they are moments that can beat you. Because you're there, you're defeated, you don't know what to do, you don't know where to go, but you still can't pick a phone and call. You still can't maybe uh, walk and tell your father or your mother that this and this, give me this much, I need to do A, B, C, D. So those moments are there. I've always had them. But one thing that has helped me is that I know God is able and I want to tell people that are listening to the podcast that people, if you're there and you're not a Christian, God is able. I've, 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 I've shared quite a number of things, but faith, if you scan through, you will see that Katonda. So God has really, really been faithful. And another thing that I can tell people is that me realizing that it is either me or I'm dead has really helped me because up to today I'm telling you it's either I call my wife or that way so all those moments growing up I knew that there were the option I either do this or I'm gone, or I'm going to end up like so-and-so, or I'm going to end up so-and-so. So So in moments where I'm defeated, or I'm hopeless, and I don't know what to do, I just have to move out and go find what to do. Because there's nobody, I I have that thing that there's nobody that is going to, to, to do it for me. If I don't pray for myself, no one is going to pray for me. These days I'm very lucky, my wife prays for me, but I know if you don't go and sell your product, probably no one will sell it for you. But again, more things. You must go and sell yourself. You must find buyers yourself. Like you must just up your game. Yourself. That's then. That's when other people can come and probably now try to help you. After they see that you're on the road moving. Mm. So that is how I managed, and I am still managing to move through such moments. Mm. Yes.
0: Well, I I usually I refer to that as just boss up and work, okay? work like yeah. no one coming to save you, or even if you mm. did. even if they are just work like they're they're not coming it sort of Uh, gives you perspective and deals with those false expectations that we sometimes have of other people or of the world (laughs) Um, there's uh, one of the factors at McHill, at dc McHill who used to say the world owes you nothing
1: uh,
0: the world owes you nothing everything you get from from it is what you have put in so there is no such thing as luck and whatnot anyway that is subjective but the point is to work hard like nobody was coming to save
1: you faith, eh? mm. uh, When you when you're going to find stories those ones are there but you find a few of those stories are fewer. Most people that I have seen they the yesu. Hmm? yesu. You know, the effort is limited. The the the, the over they think manna is still coming, or they think that as I'm sleeping over something is going to happen. Ah, we live in a country where those uh, options are very limited. And the assurance I know is that those who really, you know, they get up, go do it again, that now, stuff always works out, always because God is able to give you a push. And even when someone else comes to help you, when you're already moving, it's like double effort, it's like pushing a car which is already moving. That means they will move faster. Yeah,
0: wow, thank you, Sebo any any closing remarks any last word for somebody who is out there and they they probably feel like they're at the end of their rope um, what can you say to them
1: um, i can tell those people to stay on the lane Stay on the running lane, stay on the driving re- lane, run. Even if you're the last, the last one on the, on, the, on the race, keep running, keep going, give it time, give it effort, pray. But it will work out. At least I've, I've had fewer stories of people that have worked out and worked and worked and persisted and prayed and given it time. Maybe Ghana fully. And also... Well, we can now look into other things of how you do this, how you do that. But if you keep on, not a chita, it will work. However much it seems not to work now, let now not deter tomorrow. So that's my parting shot. Keep on, keep on. Even if you went and got zero today, go back tomorrow. You will still get a zero, but go back the other day. Yes, uh, eventually, even if you go back a hundred times, we've had that story of the man, Smania, who made the bulb. Smania tried 10,000 times. I mean, how can someone try 10,000 times? Let me think about it. <laughs> <laughs> they still...
0: Well, even you were telling me about how even if you're late and sawaya uh, appointment, you will still go and give try try you at least show up
1: yes i always know that i must go and do this no matter what i must go and do this right now we are speaking i have to go somewhere about 40 kilometers but i must go so i must go even if i'm late i go even if i sing i go i can turn my car and turn back and and nachinela vide. Yesterday, I, I move, I am trying to look for a turn. And then I, I I miss it. I miss it for over a kilometer. Then when I reached somewhere else in ISO and the jump back was too much, I tell you faith, I packed my car and walked back. Mm. For over two kilometers. Walking. Because it was night, borders were not coming. I walked back, I went to pick what I had to pick, then I walked back to my car. Mm. So that's what I tell people, just don't leave it, just stay, go do it. Even if people are discouraging you for you, you go. Mm. And it will work out. God is faithful.
0: Mm. Amen. Thank you. Thank you so much, Mr. Rogers. What a wonderful way to close the series, to close the month. Penanga, thank you so much for making that time. Thank you to your family for allowing you share, share these nuggets and to our listeners, I hope you've been encouraged. I hope um, you've got a perspective on how to do on how to do life better. Um, come again and listen. Next week on Tuesday we'll have another episode up and we'll have another amazing guest to take us through otherwise have a good day and have a good week thank you mr rogers thank you to faith
1: god bless you
0: bless you too